Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hey everyone, this is Natalie Sather from Motor Mouse. And I'm Mike from the Dale Jr. Download. Mike, you'll never guess what we have going on this weekend. Tell me. We have a Dirty Mo Radio Exalta paint scheme car. For the race? For the whole race. Xfinity Series race? Yep. On Saturday? At Texas Motor Speedway. You need a driver? Nope, we got one. Justin Elgar. Well, he's good. He's great. Do you need me? No, you and I are going to watch the whole race, and every seven laps, we are going to be giving away a prize on our Dirty Mo Radio Facebook page. So make sure you are following Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo Radio page for your chance to win swag and gear every seven laps. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Do you want inside information? You will not be able to repeat it to your kids, but you will learn and you will laugh. Door bumper clear is on. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the 88 Cup car, the 7 Xfinity car, and the 29 truck. And uh, joining me, Brett Griffin, spotter, Clint Boyer, Elliot Sadler, and our lovely co-host. Hey, guys. It's KB, and happy Halloween. It's October 31st. Is that, just, is that a Halloween jacket? It's a straight jacket. You like it? Because I'm mentally insane. That's kind of what I was, thought it was. <laughs> it's actually the day after Halloween. So I <laughs> hope everyone's Halloween was nice and, and delightful last night. And everyone survived. Yeah, I don't. Do you steal Do you steal your kids' candy? No. Didn't you ask that last week? Did I? I don't get into candy. I'm like not sweets. a big candy person either. I, Halloween, I hate Halloween for candy because. Well, your my, kids are allergic to a well, lot of it. M- kid. Kid. Well, I meant Brett's kids. Oh. <laughs> Y'all's kids. Your yeah. collective children. So you don't really know, like, and, you know, if they reach their hand in a candy bucket and there's an open Reese's peanut butter cup in there for some reason, they get a hold of it somehow and touch it or whatever. It's not a good Do you remember thing. when we were younger and, like, they would tell you don't reach your hand in there because there could be, like, scissors or, yeah. or, a, like, or a needle? Because adults stuff. are yeah. assholes. Yeah. 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 That's what we learned. Um, yeah. So hope Halloween was the, really good. To TJ's point, there's actually something called the a, a teal pumpkin project. And what happens is when you're trick-or-treating, if you see a teal pumpkin, it means they're giving out candy items that do not contain food allergens. Oh, that's so, awesome. So basically yeah. no like nuts. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, no, stuff. I mean, look. Gift cards. So, My sister gives yeah. up pencils and, like, and yeah, stuff yeah, like that because Tootsie Rolls, Starburst, Skittles, like all those are sugar. allergy safe. You know, those are all good. You just can't yeah. get into the Snickers and the Reese Pieces. When you the, get into chocolate, it's usually pretty it's usually bad. bad. Are you guys the cool the cool dads that give out 
full Snickers bars? Like, like I don't. Big, e- big I won't boys? even buy stuff like we that. We just told you we don't do Snickers. Yeah, we well, don't I mean, buy stuff like like I don't even purchase. Even to give out? Yeah, I'm not. I mean, oh, the it's odds. Not a, it's not in our house. You're having an allergy <laughs> attack right now, My or you got issue. fleas. <laughs> yeah, she's over here itching like a dog, man. Listen, Da-da. it is eight a.m. I am not awake. All so right. you're not a morning person. No, I'm. A, I'm you're not gonna get up and cook your husband breakfast and stuff. And no. Yes, you will. Yes, you me. will. Oh, God. Um, yeah. <laughs> the princess. Yeah. TJ's heading to Disney World. Yeah, I'm. when you're hearing this, I'm already there. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Which, what are you riding first? You know, the, this this uh, trip is all about riding Space Mountain for the first time for Madeline because yeah. she's been scared of roller coasters and stuff. And right. she's rode roller coasters, but nothing real. Nothing real big, and Space Mountain. It's not not a bad roller coaster. It's the oldest ride in the park. Still got the mm, longest lines. Yeah, and there. Have you ever ridden it? Yes. I mean, it's just it's just dark. There, yeah, and there's cool stuff in there to just look at. Yeah, there's like, like it's just dark and like neon, like it's lights not even and like stuff. Roller coaster-y. And, it's more. Nah, just just kind of some spiral down kind of. That Aerosmith coaster at Hollywood Studios. I've never ridden it. Holy cow! I've never ridden that either. Dude, I've never that thing. Rock and roller coaster. It's Aerosmith. First, yeah, I had to ride it twice because the first time I didn't open my eyes. <laughs> I was like, I gotta ride it again. Like full on roller coaster, like oh, oh yeah, full on zero to a hundred shoots oh, you out, on. like and like like you're sitting there and they're like seconds. put your head back and it's <clears throat> yeah, you go. It's like three seconds you're doing a hundred or something like that. It's yeah. really Holy ridiculous crap. and like it's your stomach yeah. and, your and they're they're Blair and Aerosmith songs say, the whole time yeah, too. Aerosmith. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. yeah, it should be fun. Just pour a quick some trip. sugar on me. <laughs> Yeah. As you're vomiting. They got the uh, good part of the trip because they've been on a cruise for the last two days with it. They went on a short weekend cruise. Oh, so you're just meeting them down there? Yeah. Oh, dude, you'll clear security in no time then. Yeah. Other than that one thing you like to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to talk about Do I want to know should've. what you two are no, talking about? Probably no, should've. probably not. No, don't tell probably TSA. Not. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Don't tell Kristen. Jeez, she needs <laughs> breakfast. Anyway, so we ran Martinsville. Yeah. Well, I guess we should thank Exalta. We should because we were in the Exalted Studios. That's and right. Main. We got one main. How did we get one main financial? Lending made personal. Lending made personal. Yes. There's over 1,800 branches, right? Yeah. If you need a loan, go to one main financial. I'm going to get one main to lend me day. some money so I can paint my house. Yeah. You're going to need a loan when you get back <laughs> from Disney World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they get yeah. you down there, man. A Coke's like $47. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily... We get a bit of a discount because my wife's a travel agent person for them. Right. So she gets discounts at certain places and stuff. So it's uh, a little bit more manageable. So you, I, I so still you, don't want to see the bill. So have the you heard from them since they went on the cruise? Yeah, she she's got she gets uh, when you get on the boat she gets she gets this the internet package. It's a small one, and she only turns she turns her phone on like three or four times a day. Just send me a couple text messages or whatever. Yeah. Keeps me updated and Where's stuff. Where's the cruise so. go? Like around the Bahamas? They stopped in. Um, I forget where they stopped. They stopped in the Bahamas somewhere, and then they went to the private island, Castaway Cay. That's cool. Yeah. So I've I've seen nothing but Halloween pictures from a boat and beach pictures. And yeah. you're here so. with us. Yeah, I mean, at least Martinsville weather was a good weekend. Yeah, beautiful I mean, weather. Yeah. Yeah. I so. was a little bit disappointed in the race yesterday. And what about the truck race, too? It never really got that... Do you think it's the tire? Do you think it's the chase? Do you think it's the drivers uh, being? What is it? <laughs> Judge. Um, you know I don't know. Normally, I think the chase has a lot to do with it. Nobody wants to wreck that guy. Nobody wants to, you know. I saw a guy. I saw so late late in the race yesterday. I seen Brad making this charge from the back. 
he ran us down fast, and I told Jeff, look, this guy's coming. We, uh, you know, I thought we ran a good lap, and I was watching this last time. We were like a 93, 95, 89. I looked down there, and the two car ran like a 70-something. Yeah, like, he was fine. Th- like, this isn't even, like, we're, look, we're not even, it's not worth us messing with him. We're just going to let someone else catch us if we start messing with him. So I told yeah. Jeff, I'm like, look, this two car's coming. He's, you know, just ran a 70. We ran a 90. You know, they didn't see the times in the dash, so. Yeah. He finished second, right, Brad? Yeah, so I he blew by us, and you know the Gibbs cars kind of gave him a little bit of a problem until he they realized, look, man, this guy he's is coming. Yeah, he's gonna wreck us. Yeah, and he yeah. should have. I mean, I would. He's going for the win. I mean, you're yeah. holding him up. Yeah. And numerous times I've seen him lift to cut, like he he lifted two or three times for the twenty car to pass lap cars when he could have forced it pretty hard. Yeah. And when and I think normally in a regular situation, if it counted for his win, he probably would have. We watched the Gibbs cars right around at Talladega in line in the back. We almost watched them right around in line at Martinsville in the front. They weren't racing yeah. each other at all. They it's clear they've got a strategy. I just think their strategy is about to backfire because Last year, only one guy won a race in this three-race deal and, and advanced to the final round. The other three guys got in on points. Well, Jimmy's already busted mm-hmm. off a win. He's gone. You got Texas coming up. That's going to be a big deal. Then you got Phoenix, which everybody's already given Harvick the trophy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. man, I, if you throw in an, uh, a Keselowski or, I'm sorry, a Logano or somebody winning Texas and then Harvick wins, man, they, they've only got one chance to get in on points. So, I, I don't know that their strategy here may not backfire. Yeah, and it's really, uh, I don't know. It, you know, this whole, I realize they're playing it as smart as you can. They're playing the safest route they can play. But, you know, I, like you said, I don't think that's the right. I think it works at somewhere like they played it right at Talladega, to be honest with you. But, it, you know, they made the race terrible for it. You know, it looked bad when you have. Well, it's the whole 100% rule, which people are saying, well, if it's part of strategy, then it's, it's okay. Well, no, yeah. that's not the rule, though. Yeah, it's not, not the rule. And, like. You know, the 78 dominant car in the beginning pulling over and lifting so the 20 and 18 can lead laps. That's not that's not. That's not. No. Did, you're telling me that 78 ran 100% that lap? You know, nothing against him. He's there. He there. He's doing what he's told. But right. You know that he's that's not 100% lap yeah. in my eyes, or even close to it. Well, that's so. the thing. People don't realize sometimes the hierarchy that goes on with with some of these decisions, right? Because you've got manufacturers. Then you've got owners, then you've got team managers, and then you've got crew chiefs and drivers that are your peers. And sometimes these guys sitting in the seat are doing, to TJ's point, what they're told, mm-hmm. you know. But we've got this 100% rule, which was supposed to fix all that, which I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't. They throw that one out the window. Yeah. I don't even know how you, how do you even. Well, you can't police it, which how is why you, you don't have police it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. How'd Clint do yesterday? We had the best car we've probably had all year. Really? We finally got up into the teens, and we came in for a pit stop, had a loose wheel, and it screwed the studs up. So every time we pitted after that, we had loose wheels. So we had to put a wheel spacer on. And long story short, ran 28th with a car that was certainly capable, lap time-wise, late in the run, of running top 10, you know. So unfortunate, but it's part of racing. Yeah, it is. It, it, I mean, TJ will back this up. It seems like when you have a bad car – you can't do anything to, to screw your day up. You just run bad. When you have a good car, it's like, man, something happens and it screws your day up. That so sucks. just one, yeah. of those, one of those weekends. There's so many variables that go into this stuff that, you know, a loose wheel, lug nut, anything. And, it you know, it could be anything. Sometimes lug nuts fly off and get jammed down between the tire and, the and oh, yeah. you know, when they put the wheel it on. Cause a fire. I mean, you just yeah. crazy yeah. stuff happens. You never really know what's going to happen. Yeah. So you guys ready to go into spot on, spot off? Sure. Let's kick it. All right, NASCAR announces rule change for cup drivers. 
Spot on, spot off. Brett. Man, I go spot on. I think we told you guys this was coming before it actually got here. I think it's an incredible opportunity for young drivers coming up through the sport to potentially get a lot more seat time. I think it puts our company, Junior Motorsports, mm -hmm. in the driver's seat in terms of the ownership within the series because we're going to field at least three full-time teams next year with Xfinity drivers. So our guys are, are going to be sitting in an awesome spot. Uh, the Cup guys can realistically run everything but Homestead, you know, if they've got mm -hmm. less than five years' experience. And I think that's important because it lets guys like Kyle Larson, Austin Dillon, come back and practice the little things, you know. And and I heard Dave Moody say something really stupid on Sirius XM. He said, well, Joe Gibbs is just going to split the races up. He's going to put Denny Hamlin in 10, Kyle in 10, Matt in 10, and whoever – and they're going to still run them all. Hey, guy, they can't. They can't run the last seven, right, of the Xfinity chase. They can't run the chase races. There's 11. They can't, they're not going to run non-companions. There's five. So you only have 15 races that they can put cup guys in, obviously in one particular car. So I think there's nothing but positives as far as this rule change goes. Yeah, and, and uh, <clears throat> spot on, it's creating better breeding ground for the cup series. I think we should be able to – you know, we should be able to, to put more drivers in there that people don't know of. You know, we're going to have guys coming up through the ranks more and and uh, and filling seats more because they're going to have to. So it should uh, – I like it. Are you guys at all surprised with how quickly it went from <clears throat> rumblings and rumors to the actual announcement by NASCAR? It's not the first time it's been talked about. Right. It's just finally – I think um, I think Kyle has really pushed this role just – just by ruining a lot of uh, races that mm -hmm. he honestly probably shouldn't even be in. I mean, he, like, I look at a perfect example to me is is looking at somebody like uh, like Brad Runham. He runs what four, three, four a year. Right. You know, that's it. Yeah. And same thing with Logano and them. They they're here and there, and they make the races interesting at times. But we shouldn't have one guy dominating every week. I still think there's there's two other things that came into play, and that's Dash for Cash. You're going to win $100,000 if you're the, the highest finish. <laughs> and Xfinity you finished guy. fifth. That's not exciting. That's that's, so, so, yeah, I mean, it's confusing. It so, was exciting a couple of times, but the camera wasn't on that. It was on the guy leading the race by three seconds. Right. So I think the dash for cash played a role, and this chase 100% played a role because you can't get to Homestead, a winner-take-all type format, which we're promoting, and that guy run fifth and win the championship. Super, super confusing. So, And, and you know, to, to the point of where we are as an organization, I think JRM is the second-best organization on the track right now in the Xfinity Series. Gibbs is the best. If you take Kyle out of that car, it's almost like we're the best because yep. we can run with the rest of those guys. And, and, and TJ can speak to this probably even better than I can, but when you've been in a higher-horsepower car – and you come back in a lowered horsepower car, everything is happening slower, so you're going to be better. All that track time Kyle's getting in that cup car throughout the weekend, by the time he gets in the in the car on Saturday, he's got four more hours in a race car than, than anybody in the Xfinity Series had. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's run qualifying in a cup car. He's run a, two, a cup practice. He's run another cup practice. He's run a cup happy hour. Then he comes and gets in this Xfinity car, and everything's in slow motion to him. Yeah, plus he's been doing it for so long, too. I mean, he, he could probably drive around these tracks with his eyes closed. Yeah, this is the second time we've kind of seen him make a rule change. When he came into the truck series with Roush, he was really young. I mean, the, the, let's, this was forced, really. I mean, he they, it's not like they were very shy about it. Like, he's not been – you don't see Kevin Harvick running every single race. How many wins would he have? You know, how many wins would Dale Jr. have if he ran every Xfinity Series race he could run? Right, you know? right. I mean, come on, man. 
I mean, and most of these guys don't want to run all those races. They want to be fresh on Sunday. Yeah, you know? and nothing, you know, nothing, not taking anything away from them. But come on, man, you're a Cup Series driver now. Let these other guys run. You don't see all these other guys running every single week and just ruining it. I mean, why? Yeah. Spot on, spot off. There's only one Ford in the round of eight. That'll change next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd definitely say spot off for Ford. And, and I think it goes back to the Stuart Haas move. I think Ford saw this coming. Ford saw Roush on the decline. Ford saw all their eggs were pretty much in the Penske basket. If one of those guys struggle, then they only may have one team. So they went out and procured Stuart Haas, and yeah. here we go. So their spot off for Ford as well, but it's almost like they were just a little late um in seeing what was happening and you know this is they're paying the price now but i feel like next year they'll rebound spot on spot off how nascar handled extended caution at martinsville holy confusing cow (laughs) you know it's i'm kind of i'm kind of for i'm spot on and spot off on this i'm spot off that we it took 29 laps is that how many it took yeah i'm spot on but in martinsville that's it's quick at Martinsville. It's not like we it's were there for 30 of, minutes. It's still yeah. burning a lot of the race for the fans, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it was probably, what, 15 minutes, 10 minutes or something. Probably. But um, they needed to do they needed to do whatever it took. I don't care if it was 40 laps or, you know, red flag it, whatever. But there were so many moving pieces at that point in time. And, and it, for a while there, the drivers weren't listening. People were driving up to where they thought they should be, and it was, and it makes it even harder. So it's not all NASCAR that's doing yeah. this. Yeah. When you got a guy, when you got the twenty car passing twelve cars by himself because he thinks he's up there, that screws up things. They're yeah. trying to get everything in line, and they can't. When you got other pieces moving, it's just mess. It makes it even more confusing. So. Yeah. You know, you need to let them do their job, but. You know, it's it's uh, they needed to get this right. Yeah, I'll say spot on for their effort. I'll say spot off for the end result. I I think it was somewhat confusing when the yellow come out during the green flag pit stop. And then when Jimmy Johnson ran out of gas on the backstretch, and then A.J. Allmendinger pitted out of sequence. He pitted when pit road was closed. It screwed everything up because that's when everybody started jockeying. Like when when A.J. Allmendinger hit pit road, in hindsight, when they go back and watch all this footage, I hope they say at that point we should have said stop – the field it's frozen at start finish line we got to figure all this out is nascar just scrambling around in the tower when oh trying to figure out what they're going to actually do probably is that why it took so long yeah well and there's a lot of voices up there right yeah there's a lot of people in there and then but there's so many things happening like they got to go back when the college comes out it's basically frozen but then you got to go back and see what cars were on pit road if they beat this certain guy to the line and then you throw in the 47 coming down pit road who was the leader because he's out of gas that messed everything up so all these guys that were behind the 47 that are now behind the pace car but they're in front of the next guy in line the next the leader now they're like oh we should be waved around well that's not how it works and they're all sitting there saying we're not wave around car we're not a wave around car well if you pass the pace car with one to go you're a wave around car and you did they gave the one to go and they moved the 20 the 78 all them guys got moved up and they're like, well, we're not wave rounds. We were in front of the leader. Well, not not when it was frozen that you weren't. All I can tell you is the seven car was on our lap. He was a half a track ahead of us. 
when they called out the restart order, he was two cars behind us. Then you have the on-air yeah. commentary trying to explain it to viewers. Yeah. So and it's then, you, then you throw in the drivers driving to where they think they should be. <laughs> Which is like Regan Smith. He's livid because he thinks he goes in front of us, and he did kind of, but he didn't. Yeah, and it, once you get that far back, too, it's even – I can't even imagine trying to get it figured out from yeah. 15th on back between one lap downs and two lap downs and stuff like that. they got to have an old <laughs> button, and they got to hit it, and it's got to stop everything as it is and then let them go back and figure it out because they have loop data, they have computers, they have about 10 people in that booth mm -hmm. that are studying all these things. I think they did as good of a job as they I do could, too. considering we've never been in that position. Like, I didn't know if they well, were Well, that's happened one other time. Wasn't it Dover or something? Yeah, I, I, I literally I was like, man, they may make Matt Kins the leader here. I don't know what's going to happen. He's the first yeah, car know. behind the pace car, and he's the first car behind the pace car, and he's on the lead lap, and they haven't opened pit road yet, which is why these guys were saying maybe they should have let the tail end come around and get caught up. It was a very, well, you could, very you different know why? situation. That's because the 47 pulled off, though. The 47 was in front of them. But he was not supposed to do that. He, he chose to do that. Yeah, I know, but still the field's locked. The field is locked, but Matt Kenseth is now the first car behind the pace car on the lead lap. But this, see, this is what happened before, though. They and still there's nothing behind him. But he's still a wave around because you're locked behind the pace car. So you're still a wave around. He is a wave around, and he's sitting P6. But again, what is NASCAR going to do here? So the are you thing, guys up top doing this, talking yeah. to each other, trying to so figure out what's going on? So the only thing I don't agree our, with. We're talking to our crew chief engineer driver. You're not talking to each other. We're speculating what we think may or may not happen, and then you're yeah. like, because you, see, for me, Dale Jr., I'm sorry, I'm looking at the 88 car in my head and say Dale Jr. For me, on my monitor, Matt Kenseth is the wave around. There's only one wave around per caution. Then when the 47 pits, Matt becomes – a lead lap guy, then the 88 with Jeff Gordon becomes a wave around. Well, that in itself was, I was like, whoa, we've already done something wrong. Now I'm out. Like, I'm not trying to put my opinion in here and get it wrong, but I don't know what they're going to do with this 20. You know, that was the yeah. kicker because he had already pitted. He's on the lead lap. He's the first car behind the pace car. And nobody, and like, it, it, it just was weird. That's chaos. So yeah. he was, uh, so I just, I just know that when they did it last time, the field was locked because I was one of the guys that was trying to get, which is correct. We're trying but, to get weighed around. But that leader's gone. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, now. <laughs> it's just, it's like, whoa. I'm confused. It yeah. just gets all messed up. When you throw that many things in at one time, yeah. you know, you're in the middle of a you're in the middle of a cycle. You know, the yellow comes out. You got guys that are frozen on pit road. You got guys that are still passing on the track. And when it, when it was a, all over said and done, this scenario is what put Jimmy in a position to win the race. And – Confusing for me, too. He comes off a of turn two. He's out of gas. He's sitting dead stop. He becomes, to me, the last car on the lead lap. Then it's like, well, wait, he's going to get lapped. All of a sudden, he gets his car fired up. we got to restart yeah. the race. He's sitting third or fourth. And I'm like, how did yeah. this guy get back up there? <laughs> yeah, because he was still on the lead lap. So yeah, he should have been behind Matt and all them guys. Like, you're just like, what? What's Clint the saying during all this? Oh my God! Is he just funny as hell, oh. or just fired up? Oh, he he's got all the he's got a whole thing solved. I wish we could call him right now. He had the whole thing solved from twenty eighth. He could figure. <laughs> he knew where everybody was supposed to go. <laughs> the only thing I didn't really agree with was the thirteen and forty one. Yeah, they were a lap down in front of all. They were two laps down yeah. in front of all of us. Yeah, you know, um, how did they get there? You have two rows of. Well, two you were the rows. wave around and weren't supposed to be. No, I was a lucky dog. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah, I meant the lucky dog. 
Yeah, dude, it was so confusing. And then the funniest part, I know we need to move on, but the funniest part is they give one to go. Trevor Bain and Kyle Larson are behind the leader. They're not waiver run eligible, and they just start hauling ass. Like, they should have parked the black flag of those guys for five laps because they, yeah, they, then they screwed it up again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then it got – That's what I'm saying. That we, <laughs> The drivers weren't helping NASCAR at all. No, no. They were just doing what they thought they should do, wanted to do themselves. Yeah. Why weren't and they listening to you? They were doing – they just – this like is how drivers spotters. are. This yeah. is how they are. They're in there by themselves with a helmet on. They're hot. They're not listening to us. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes the spotters are like, well, go on. The crew chief's telling you, get up there by that car so the driver will take off. Yeah. And then you're like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Come back. And then you got to <laughs> argue. You can't see anything. And then they're all of a sudden experts. Yeah. Hey, this. Wilford Brimley's out there. Just kidding. Spot on, spot off. 500 laps, five cautions at Martinsville this weekend. Uh, I mean, I I like it when it plays out like this. I'll go spot on, even though it wasn't very exciting. I go spot off just because only one guy wrecked all weekend, and that guy wrecked twice, Ricky Stenhouse. <laughs> I mean, when you, when you look at, you know, three hours of practice, qualifying – 500 laps of racing and only one car wrecks what the f this is like this is a short track this i mean it's it, it at the cup series it, it shouldn't be a demolition derby but we should certainly see guys wrecking yeah i saw plenty it. of opportunity but i thought guys drove actually just a, a good race you know there was definitely contact and stuff so i don't know Spot on, spot off. Chuck Norris is going to intro the drivers at Texas. He's going to kick their ass. Yeah. <laughs> Literally? Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, I love Chuck Norris. That's How old is he, 108? <laughs> he's like 78 years old. He's, he's really old. Does he look good still? Does he still look yeah, like Chuck hot. Norris? Good? Yeah, he's hot. There's so many Chuck Norris jokes. <laughs> oh, he's great. Yeah. Like, who you know, who does, uh, who does Michael Myers check his closet for at night? Chuck Norris. Yeah. You know, where was... uh. Where was the movie Anaconda filmed? Chuck Norris's pants. I mean. <laughs> what? Well, thanks, TJ. With that, we're going to take a break. <laughs> hey, Junior Nation. Now more than ever, exclusive, entertaining, and free content from the world of Dale Earnhardt Jr. is no further away than your fingertips. It's all thanks to Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo' Radio presented by Exalta. All eight Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and, of course, DaleJr.com. So whether you're at home, at work, in the gym, on the run, or just hanging out, Dirty Mo' Radio gives Junior Nation its newest and most versatile way yet to plug directly into the world of Earnhardt anytime, anywhere. All right, we're going into fast lane. I'm going to give TJ and Brett a topic to debate, and I'm going to alternate who responds first. And each of them will get 30 seconds to voice their opinion, and then whoever answered first gets a 30-second rebuttal to go after the other one. Y'all ready? TJ, you're going first. Yeah. What is the biggest advantage to the the 48 has after winning Martinsville? Uh, the biggest advantage is, is they're in they're racing at Homestead for a championship already. We go to Texas and Phoenix, and they can, you know, I don't think they're going to play it. They can go in there carefree. They can go in there and swing for the fence, try to keep somebody else knocked out. You know what I mean? They can go in there and make it as hard on anybody as they want to. I think there's two big advantages. One, I think if they can win the race this weekend at Texas, they kick another Toyota out, which is a big deal. But on in hindsight of that, the second one is they don't have to take their best downforce car. They can save their best mile-and-a-half car for Homestead. So instead of taking it to Texas and having to get points and having to try to win, they don't have to. They can save it, go back to the wind tunnel, and get it ready for the championship. And possibly even go to Texas with a experimental, you know, uh, you know, mile and a half experimental type deal, and and uh, try some stuff there, and and 
apply it at Homestead as well. They can kind of they can kind of start with a left field setup or something and, and see if it runs, see if it works. What drivers are already in must-win situations, Brett? Man, there's already three of them. There, yeah. There's no way that, that Carl Edwards, Kevin Harvick, and Kurt Busch get in on points unless something crazy happens to – you know, the other guys that, that didn't win this weekend. So I, I think all three of those guys are in must-win situations. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, definitely for sure. Those guys are, are in trouble right here. And especially, uh, like, Carl. Carl's been hasn't been strong all year. The other three Gibbs cars have been pretty strong. Carl, he shows up about once every month and a half, and then he's gone again for a while. So, And that's not really a championship-type, you know, caliber. I... I Going back to what we just said about Jimmy, the exact opposite for these three guys. They have to bring the best car in their shop to try and win this race because if they don't win, then they go to Phoenix in the same scenario. Will Jimmy Johnson win number seven and tie the late great Dale Earnhardt Sr.? Um, you know, it's hard to bet against Jimmy, man. He, he's been in pressure situations before, and, and he comes through in it. So, um. You know, I think uh, I think it'd be pretty awesome if he did it. I don't think we can answer this yet. You know, will, will he win number seven? We don't know who he's racing against. We don't know who the other three guys are yet. Can he win number seven? Absolutely. I, I really feel like this guy is the best to ever drive a stock car. He's won in two or three different style of cars. He's won in two or three different style of formats. The reason the chase is the way it is now was the Jimmy Johnson rule to, to make him stop winning all these championships. Yeah, Jimmy's definitely, you know, what he's accomplished against the talent that we have in the sport, you know, in the last 10 years or so is pretty uh it's pretty amazing. And he's been a, you know, he's been a um you know, a, a role model the whole time as well. You never Jimmy's never in altercations and and stuff, so Wednesday night's World Series game was moved up an hour due to impending weather. NASCAR said that they would consider moving race start times up in 2017. Do you actually think this is going to happen, Brett? I hope there's a threat of rain every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first I heard about this. Yeah. Um, man, wow. NASCAR, I don't understand how you can do it with a live TV aspect, but I certainly hope it will happen. I don't – man, I, I'm all for this. Spot on, NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you got people that are actually at the racetrack still that deserve to – to see a race it can't 100 percent be all about tv you got to cater to the people that put the effort in and and, and come and want to see it in person and stuff so i think that's pretty uh i think that's pretty awesome to, to even consider it yeah i i go back to this year i guess now that i've had five seconds to gather my thoughts <laughs> like they made a lot of really good calls nascar did this year on weather yeah, so really good maybe this is a sign of, of evolution right and we're just going to keep getting better in terms of our weather plans off-the-wall topic. What is the greatest, scariest, or most ridiculous costume you have ever worn for Halloween? <laughs> you know, I, I don't um, – I've never really – Dressed up? I've never really dressed up much as in ha- for Halloween. And, I, went um, as, I went as a pregnant nun one year. What the heck? Yeah. I went to – Jamie McMurray had this huge Halloween party at his house, and, and I dressed up with a wig and the whole deal, a pregnant nun, and I got my picture made like this. So it was awesome. What'd you have stuffed under there? I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't, TJ, you don't dress up? I don't think I've really ever. Dude, it's fun. I know, but I've never really, uh, we've all, I mean, the last six years I've spent, 
you know, going trick or treating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm so gonna, yeah, I'm gonna call out somebody. And I hope you ever I'll dress up with your kids like a theme? No, I really have not. Last year I had to be a minion. That was not fun. <laughs> the funniest thing at that party <laughs> though was Matt Kenseth came as Bill Clinton, and That's Kate, funny. Katie, his wife, came as Monica. That's hilarious. And they were in character all night. Are you serious? Oh my god, it was four hours of fun. What about you? What's the funniest thing or craziest thing you've done? I'm a boring Halloween costume person. You don't look like a boring uh, person at all. One that really upset me, though, was when I was younger, my mom dressed me up as a crayon. Yeah? I think that stuck with me, so it I don't dress up a lot. scarred I, you? Peg Bundy. I was Peg Bundy in college. Josh Gamecock, is that what you're going at? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, when I was a uh, Oompa Loompa one time in college. <laughs> what is that? That's but like, you know, like, but you're like six that's five. the little guys <laughs> in <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate the Factory. Oh, that's yeah. the little people. How'd that go? It went pretty good. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> What does work mean? You got to yeah, define what, work. What does that work? What does work uh, mean? Get the ladies. Yeah, I got lucky that night. Hollow. Got <laughs> <laughs> on a gamecock hat. <laughs> All right. Hashtag AskDBC. So producer Josh has chosen a few questions off the internet to ask the gents. At Andrew Boozer asks, with Jeff and Tony done, who is the next NASCAR star to retire? TJ Majors. <laughs> Retired. Done. Who I'm you, out. Who you got? Uh. Man, it's got to be with Jeff Dunn and Tony Dunn. There's six or seven of them, you know. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a group of guys that are all around the same age. Um, you know, you got you got uh, Jimmy, Kevin, Greg, um, Dale Jr., Matt. A whole bunch of them are within a couple years of each other, and and um, you know, I I would say it'd be part of that group. Yeah, I, I mean, you just. Based on age, you say Biffle, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. 46. Yeah. So you got to ask yourself, man, how much longer does he want to do it? Can he do it? A lot of rumors speculating on whether or not Roush will fulfill three full-time teams next year or two full-time teams. A lot of questions as to whether or not if that happens, Biffle will go to JTG in a second car or if he may, you know, hang up his helmet. So I, I got to say my number one guy would be Biffle if I had to, you know, pick one. But TJ was spot on with the group he, he named. At Rob Sports asks, what driver currently in the Cup Series could you see starting his or own team like Tony did in 2009? I don't see any of them doing it. After, you know, I, I think Jeff's Such too. A money pit. Jeff's too involved with, uh, you know, he's too in with Hendrick and stuff. I mean, he's already, he's already, uh, doesn't he, isn't he part owner of the 48? He or? is. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, he's already an owner. Um, I think Biffle has too many, too many other um, interests outside of racing, like the doom buggy stuff, and he likes to go off and do stuff like that, and I think that'll occupy his time. I don't know. I mean, I I can see some of these guys maybe maybe doing something part time, but I don't know if any of them are going to get into the full you know blown own race team type deal. When you when you look at what it takes to be successful in the Cup Series, it's not a guy coming in and just starting at the cup level. It's it's Rusty Wallace who owned, you know, an Xfinity team. Kevin Harvick that owned an Xfinity team. Going backwards, Dale Jarrett owned Xfinity teams. If they can't make that model work at the Xfinity level, they can't make it work at the cup level. You look at Junior Motorsports, I know Dale Jr. said he don't want to be a cup owner, but the Stuart Haas thing going to forward, Dale Jr. being a big staple in Xfinity Series now with what he's got for sponsors, what he's got for drivers. I hope he's the next guy to be a cup owner because when you take someone of his status, when he decides to TJ's point to retire, we don't need him to go away. The sport doesn't. We need him to stick around. What what 
this question doesn't speak to, though, is the commitment it requires to be a cup owner. It's a lot of hours, a lot of stress, a lot of responsibility. We got over 150 employees here at Junior Motorsports. Hendrick has over 550. Michael Waltrip Racing just let over 250 go last year when they shut their doors. So it's a big step on a responsibility ladder to to want to be a Cup Series owner. At Jaystein two thirty four S, what's the worst candy to give on Halloween? Hmm. Fruit. That's not a pencil. Pencils and erasers. I don't, pencils, I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah. like licorice. Who likes that? Especially black licorice. Yeah, I'm not a huge <laughs> licorice fan either. I'd rather lick a <laughs> licorice. That's terrible. <laughs> you don't like Twizzlers? <laughs> so if I bring a goat and a bag of licorice next week, if if, if a gun was to my head and I said, oh. which one are you gonna do? I'd be like. <laughs> that was the most disturbing sound I have ever heard. Oh, my uh, God. I don't like licorice. Well, don't do that. Uh, well. The mental image that I have right now <laughs> is really bad. It's stuck in my brain. <sighs> oh, oh wow. At Brad Kez, two fan ass. Want to know your opinion on the Gibbs strategy? I get it's within the rules, but seems pretty unsportsmanlike to me. I think you guys it's like, talked a little bit about I that. I think idea. it's like licking a goat's ass. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Going back to the professional bipolar version of Brett, I'm just going to say this. I really hate it for their fans because I'm a sports fan. I'm really happy the Gamecocks beat the <laughs> Steve Wallace this weekend. <laughs> if if our, four if our team had laid down – and let them run down the field at the end of the game and, and lost the game, I would have been very upset. So if I'm buying a ticket and I'm investing thousands of dollars to come to this race to watch my guy race, to watch Kyle Busch race, Matt Kenseth race, and then I get there and I don't feel like they're giving it their all, man, I'm heartbroken. So I hate it for their fans. Yeah, I don't think it's – um. you know, you get – so I walk in – you walk down – you know, we go down through the stands sometimes before or after races, and you see these all these fans. You see these kids with – with, you know, 18 hats on, 20 hats, you know, and they're there because they want to go back and tell their friends, man, my driver whooped you today. Yeah. You know, they don't, you don't, and and I know they're all going to say, well, we're just racing for a championship. That I mean, you, sh- I want the guy that wins the races and, and then continues on and still goes and fights for a championship too. You know, I, I like a guy that's there fighting every week. You know, if you, um, like you said, I kind of feel like it'll backfire eventually. I feel like the guys that are up front, Making it happen, or the guys are going to be ready, and the guys are going to move on. They ran prevent defense at Talladega. That's how you lose games. We've seen a lot of teams lose games, you know, doing yeah. that. And and this weekend, Chargers, they were up front, but they certainly had a strategy, you know, and it was to bench the starting quarterback in the fourth quarter to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Like they, their strategy is is working well, for Talladega. They, did, they didn't even play the quarterback. <laughs> no, no, they sat him. Yeah, totally they played the punter him. at quarterback. Yeah, it's, it's strategy. I get it. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't think it's unsportsmanlike to no. this guy's question, but I think just for their fans, it sucks. It was great for their company in like internally, like their company themselves, but it was terrible for the fans. Yeah. At Godox88 underscore Mick asks, do you have a race on your bucket list you haven't been to? I'm assuming this is outside of this, this series. Yeah, it would have to be. Yeah, because you've been to all of them. Um, <sighs> multiple times. I would still like to go to the Chili Bowl one year. I'd like to go to the Chili Bowl, and I'd like to go to Knoxville Nationals. Yeah. <laughs> Who's she growling at? Chili Bowl I don't know. is phenomenal. I went last year with Mike Herman. He spots for Ricky Stenhouse. Harmon. Mike Herman, <laughs> not Harmon. Uh and, and, and it's a party, man. It's it's awesome Would racing. Would you go with Mike Harmon? Mm, yeah. Room, room together? Yeah, we'd go to the buffet. <laughs> get us a twofer. <laughs> uh maybe get some goat. Uh 
I, I, man, Chili Bowl definitely is is definitely needs to be on everybody's bucket list. That's a race fan. I want to go to the Knoxville Nationals. I haven't been there. Josh, you want to go with us? No, I've been there multiple times. I'm good. I don't need to go to Knoxville. Nationals. I've heard it's really fun. Uh, if you're not working. Yeah, if you're not working, I guess it would be. Well, I'm not going to go work. Well, I had to work, so it was not fun. Could you imagine if Mike Harmon put a goat costume on? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a graphics girl that works for us. So we'll, oh, we'll put Courtney on it. Yeah, we'll get Courtney not to mock that up. <laughs> oh, So do you guys have anything you want to rant about? Uh, yeah, Did you pick anybody last week? I didn't have to. I'd already won. won. You weren't here when we... You weren't or here. Garbage talking that, you. Oh, did I lose that one? Yeah. Oh, I lost it in the dog legs when I lost it in the trioval. Yeah, he lost. Season. I wasn't gonna Wait, lose. Wait, you need to congratulate him. Why? Season I is could, over. My not really, because I'm still in the championship hunt. You're not. What championship hunt? Who we all picked? Yeah. Oh yeah, you are. I'm I'm out. Yeah, you got. Right. You got. I had Danny. Danny. And Kevin. I Kevin. Kevin. How stupid are we? None of us picked Jimmy. <laughs> Yeah, well, those guys are peaking at the right time, <laughs> yeah, man. Did you need hot dogs? No, you? No, I don't know. I, I was I, looking for goat. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had them? Yes, I've had a lot of them. And when they switched vendors from the Jesse James hot dog, I threw my hands up in the air and said, I'm out. Because my loyalty was to the experience and that particular hot dog. And mm. when you change a Martinsville hot dog, I'm I'm done with you. I'm so, sorry. I don't know anyone that has that strong of a view. So, so was it? My, they're, de- my, they're definitely not the same. Who's the new vendor? Uh, who cares? It's not the Mar- it's, it's not the Martinsville like hot dog when anymore. They it's probably it. Smithfield now. Two years ago, yeah. yeah. I think it's Smithfield, Smithfield because of the sponsorship. So do you, yeah. So was it flavor or shape that you would go for? The bright pink. That's Color. what I liked. <laughs> Any more spotter silly season? Driver. There's a lot of spotter silly season going on. There's a lot going on. You right know? Now. Can we talk about it? I mean, is I, there anything you can't I, talk I don't about? know. I'm I not going to say names. I think we can say the guys who are vacating spots because they've told their teams, right? I don't know. Are they retiring? Or are they going to different places? Uh, they're moving. They're moving over. Yeah. So we're we're gonna see. Last year we saw eleven spotter changes. We won't see anything that Dang. large this year, but we'll, well see. We've five already or seen six. three in the trucks. Yeah. All the uh, all the guys from Ohio there. They got rid of all the regulars and. Put other guys, and they yeah, already had a shout They fired Hamlin. <laughs> fired yeah. Kevin. Fired two other guys, fired too. Fired Derek. And they fired uh, Ron, I think, off the 13. They did. And then they brought in – they They brought another in-house guy in, and he already got an argument with a guy this weekend up there. Really? And this guy's already spotted before, and, and he realized that it wasn't the best. Now he's back up there doing it. And the funny part is, is you know, and, and Kevin's defense, it's the same results. The last two races have been new, a new guy, and they've done nothing but – you know, wreck. Yeah. Well, so that's when you, obviously when, not the problem. Yeah, I mean, right. you, you bring in a guy, Tracy Hines is taking the spot, who is a phenomenal open wheel race car driver. He's yeah. taking the spot. Midget of, driver, really awesome. Of, of one of our, you know, cup guys. And I just don't know how much he's going to be able to really help Rico. You know, that's the whole thing. Here, here was the thing. We're going we're gonna to fire you. We want you to quit. We're going to bring in Tracy Hines. But we want you to stick around and do Talladega because he's not ready for that. Oh, no, 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 no. To Kevin Hamlin's praise, he was like, no, I'm, I'm, if you don't want me to come back, I'm not coming back starting now. The other guy, Derek, was kissing Rico's ass and came back, like, just to be nice to Rico. But, no, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have stuck around for that either. I'm, I'm on Kevin Hamlin's side with his approach to that. Yeah, I'm 
I I'm, I am too. I mean, oh, you don't want me, but you want me here. Yeah. Well, put your superstar in there then. Yeah, the superstar you, know? you got coming. Let him do this Talladega yeah. plate race. If he's going to be ready for this. You know, he's only got four more races before Talladega's up anyway, so let him get ready right here. Yeah, let him get ready for Daytona. Yeah, Daytona's coming back up. Yeah. 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 So, but there's going to be a lot of, uh, there's a couple new teams probably forming, a couple teams going away. Well, there's three or four cup teams that appear to be maybe going away. And there's obviously one or two or maybe three cup maybe teams three. that are coming. Yeah. You know, we know Eric Jones is coming. Rumor JTG starting a second team. Rumor the 95 car is looking at starting a second team. Certainly not done. So, yeah. we, we need all the teams we can get. You know, Charger mm -hmm. system has put the race to 40 on. And it's complicated. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Restart. Martin's Man, they get a little bit lower. We might be able to start and park. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? It, what do you think you could run a cup team for right now, money-wise, if you had to? Oh, I don't know. Man, I don't even know. I mean, are you talking what you, about? What do you think the top teams are getting? Like, what do you think the biggest budgets are right now on the cup side per car? I would say anywhere. The top teams probably maybe thirteen to fifteen. I don't know. I'm guessing. the The rule of thumb is twelve million dollars plus your engine bill, plus your driver's salary. <laughs> wow. So you're talking top teams are $25 million plus. You know, I saw I saw a tweet that asked, you know, why we know all these other sports figure salaries. Why do we not know the NASCAR driver salaries? You know what, man? I told somebody mm. this this weekend. I almost feel like it was ironic that this is the first year we don't know the driver earnings in yeah. a race. And and I feel like that's because this series sponsorship was up for sale. You know, with Sprint being in place for 10 years plus and, and sinking all that money into the sport, a lot of that money goes into the point fund and these purses and whatnot. So now that number is up for debate. But you can always look back at every other year's. I mean, yeah. Well, you can, was. but my point is going forward, if that Sprint sponsorship, if that replacing sponsor isn't as strong as Sprint, oh, gotcha. our numbers could trend down, and I don't think we wanted that perception. I'm not saying that's the answer. I'm just saying I think yeah. it's ironic that all of a sudden, and we said, hey, the whole RTA thing happened. We're going to not post earnings anymore. Hmm. Well, LPGA still does, and their purses are still bigger than ours. Yeah. We still know what. Really? <clears throat> we know what people get for, like, football players That's we know if they make super bowl they get a certain bonus we know all that yeah you go back and look at and, and the the exception is the daytona 500 because that's a gigantic purse but if you go back and look at history look at lpga purses and look at our purses and their purses are bigger than ours and just think that's a golfer with a set of golf clubs you know that what about like uh that's crazy what about like uh you know how come we don't know like the guys length of contracts and their salaries like you know what i mean like how come we know we can go up there look at nba you can get on that they all have players unions and players associations and we we have a driver's council which really isn't anything That's, no. remotely close to what those guys have so it it's more open knowledge and it, here's the good thing about when you see what an nfl guy makes is it sets the market value you know some oh, yeah. of those guys are certainly overpaid but if i find out tj's making a million dollars a year to spot the 88 and I'm going to do the 24 car, I know I want a million dollars a year, right, mm -hmm. because it's public. So I think there's some advantages and disadvantages to it for, for every side, you know. It's definitely the driver's advantage. I think, well, to an, I think it's, I, I like you said, there's pluses and 
minuses of both, I think. There's four things these guys do to make money, the drivers. Okay, they have a salary from the team. It's a retainer. They're an independent contractor. They don't work for the team, right? They're, they own a business that provides a driver. Then they get a percentage of the purse, okay? Then they get their licensing money, which is a percentage of licensing. Then they get their endorsement money. So that's their four revenue streams. The greatest one is usually the salary. Mm-hmm. The second greatest is usually the Percentage. winnings. The third greatest <clears throat> is T-shirts, unless you're yeah. Dale Jr., who sells millions and millions. God bless them. We love them to death. And then the fourth piece is that in, that endorsement deal. Your your endorsement deal is really is realistically only going to the top 15, 18 guys nowadays. It used to be everybody had them. You know, now mm-hmm. it's it's gotten harder. So, I, man, I'd love to see our numbers released because I do think it would help the market. You know, but I also think some of these rules that are coming down the pipe are going to be pressing the reset button on what these drivers make too. Because when these older guys exit and these younger guys like Blaney and Larson, and if if they're redoing their contracts and they don't have good guys doing them, the market's getting ready to for those guys. You'll hear the bottom going out of it. Dang. How's that go again? Ugh, there's too many noises going on. This, How's that lit go? This episode. No, <laughs> no, gosh. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks, right, everybody, for joining us. TJ, have fun in uh, Disney World. It's the happiest place on earth. Kiss Jasmine for me on the cheek. Again? Yeah. <laughs> thanks to one man for bringing us to you guys. Peace we're, out. We're out. Holla. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. Hey everyone, this is Ron LeMasters, host of Historically Speaking. Tune in every Friday as Steve Richards and I take a look through history at numbers, trends, topics, and lists from the world of junior motorsports and NASCAR. That's every Friday right here on Dirty Mo Radio. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 